Good morning, everyone. You know, not too, too long ago, they told us in seminary that you never start a homily off with a joke. But being from Philadelphia, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I'm going to give you a shot. Have you ever heard of the joke of the missioner or the priest who comes from Kentucky? No. Well, this fellow spends a lot of time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, and he writes out homilies and talks, and he really thinks and prays and hopes that it's going to move the souls of the people that he preaches to. So on a Sunday evening, say around 7 o'clock, he comes out to give a talk, and you know he's expecting the church to be packed, packed to the rafters. As a matter of fact, they're out in a parking lot. And he comes out, and there's only one poor fellow sitting right there wearing a yellow shirt. <laughs> and the priest says to himself, Dear God, what am I going to do? So he goes running down, he sits next to the fellow, and he says, what do you think? The man looks at him and says, Father, I'm a farmer, and I just come 10 miles off the farm to hear you preach. Now get up there and preach something. So the priest comes running back up, he stands at the ambo, and three and a half hours later, he finishes. He's really, really feeling good about himself. He comes running back down, he sits next to the gentleman, and he says, say, how'd I do? The fellow in the yellow shirt looks at him and says, Father, I'm a farmer. And I told you when I got here, I'm a practical man. He says, and i got to be honest with you, Father. He says, every day got to go out and feed my chickens. And I stand in front of that chicken coop with a full bucket of feed. And if only one chicken comes out of that coop, I don't give them the whole darn bucket. <laughs> Thanks, pal. I'll try. But it's impossible. The conferences for the, for the weekly mission will be about an hour long. Each night during the mission, we will have afterwards certain things going on. For example, tonight, we're going to give the blessing with the oil of St. Faustina. Tomorrow night, we're going to speak about Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I should say St. Teresa of Calcutta. And most of you ladies, I think, received something from uh, Susan Connolly, who knew Mother very well. I also knew Mother. was just at her canonization. And Mother was convinced by our Lord to bring him into the world of darkness. He would say to her, come be my light. In other words, be my hands, my feet, my touch to those who live in darkness, who live a life of licentiousness, who live a life of lust, who live a life of debauchery, and to tell them that mercy is for all, but they have to come into the light, and I need you to be my light bearer. On Tuesday evening, we'll give a blessing with the oil of St. Padre Pio. And you don't have to be Catholic to receive these blessings. Just please come. Invite a friend. Because it's all about the glory of mercy. It's all about experiencing the light of Jesus Christ. It's all about that soul for surrender of one's soul, of abandonment, of surrender, of loving trust and joy that allows us to light that first Advent candle and in the following weeks to light the rest of them, leading us into that beautiful Christmas morn. So, for example, if I say to you, look at that candle, and you say, yes, Lord, I give you my abandonment, that is easy. That is easy. Not my will be done, Lord, but thy will be done, right? And it's easy to turn to our Lord and say, okay, Jesus, do with me what you will. That's the easy part. That's the abandonment. Now the surrender comes. Okay, 
No more drinking, no more partying, no more this, no more that. You know, and why am I doing it? Because I love God. Am I being faithful in my marriage? Am I being faithful in my priesthood? Am I being faithful as a kid? He begins to take these things away from us that would keep us away from him in an inordinate attachment to people, place, and thing. Am I being faithful to my station in life? Am I praying every day, just not on my own, but with my family? You have such an advantage over myself. Do you know that? I am bound to pray my office daily. It's the prayer of the church. And I live in community, but I'm rarely there. But a father and a mother who gathers their children at night and they pray the rosary together, they pray the chapel of mercy together, or they spend time praying the gospels and sharing the light of Jesus Christ in the family means so much. And I will never forget, I was in India one time and I, was a, I wasn't a priest and I was visiting a family there and each night the family got together. The whole family, the grandparents, the parents, the kids. And all of a sudden, they would, pray, they would pray the gospel of the day, they would pray the rosary, and then the, from beginning from the eldest to the youngest would all process up to the parents and grandparents and receive a blessing from their fathers and mothers. And then they would go off throughout the, the rest of the evening. And I was sitting next to this little Indian girl one day, you know, she's about 15, 16 years old, and I leaned over and I said, does this happen every night in your family? And she looked at me and said, yeah, doesn't this happen where you come from? And I, I mean, God's honest truth. I mean, I have four brothers. And I said, the only time the Sullivan brothers ever got together was to eat and to fight, and not in that order. I mean, never to pray. You know, and, and I mean, this kid's showing me, but also the beauty of family. And the family that prays together stays together. And that means when that candle is lit, your heart's united in one, in anticipation of the glory to be revealed. As we light the second candle, our hearts should become even more engulfed in fire. Our faith, in other words, increases. Our anticipation, our want and our desire for God increases. And then as the candle, the third candle, and the fourth candle, we should be on fire. We should be a light and a beacon of hope to those in the world who do not have, to those in our own families and our friends and our neighbors, all leading to the Eucharistic procession of Jesus Christ, truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Eucharist. Don't let this Christmas pass you by without stopping and reflecting upon that. That light is the light of your faith, and it's up to you to keep it going, to keep asking for our Lord for that oil of gladness, the odor of sanctity, the, the illumination of the heart and the mind and the soul, to know God's will and to follow it. It's just not about lighting a candle and making a wish. It's about lighting your soul on fire and giving up those sins that we've been maybe hesitant to give to Jesus, to recommending, or excuse me, to reversing our lives pattern and asking our Lord for the grace to become holy and then to follow him, knowing, to be honest, that we will fall. Because scripture says the just man falls seven times a day. But to have the, the humility and the love to turn to Jesus and to say, I have sinned against heaven and against you, Father. Have mercy upon me, a sinner. I'm the last fellow in the world that should be preaching to you at all. I never wanted to be Catholic, and I never, ever, ever wanted to be a priest. You know what I wanted to be when I grew up? 
a millionaire. <laughs> Try living with four brothers and two sisters and a single mom in one bathroom. My new idea of clothes with my two older brothers' hand-me-downs, Jimmy and Richards. Everything on the table, either you were there first or you didn't eat, you know, some nights. I mean, that's the way it worked. So when I was growing up, I wanted everything, and I didn't want to share with anybody. My resume to the priesthood began December 24th, 1974. I went to midnight mass in my local parish, denunciation. And there, you know, we're celebrating our Lord, and we're downstairs in the lower church, and all of a sudden some older guys and girls came in, and they're celebrating just a little bit more than we were, you know? And they hit one of those old eight-foot tables, and it went down. I started to laugh. And the next thing I know, someone grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and the seat of my pants and threw me out of church. Can you imagine that? Father Pete, what do you think? <laughs> come see, come saw. <laughs> I went out on the Wexford Road and I look up to see who it was that had me and it was the Monsignor of the parish. And I looked up at Monsignor as a 14-year-old kid and I said, under no uncertain terms, Monsignor, you and your God could take a hike. I want nothing to do with you or Jesus Christ ever again. In the darkness. Christmas Eve. Tough guy, Monsignor. You'll grab a 14-year-old kid, but you won't grab a 20-year-old guy now, will you? And I wasn't intimidated by this fella because the beatings that my brothers and I used to give each other at the house were nothing compared to this. I mean, we played no blood, no foul. Yeah. For 10 years, I did not go to church. I did not receive the sacraments. You couldn't speak to me about God. I was so obstinate, angry with God, angry with life, angry with the people of God. Wanted nothing to do with them. Lived a life that would rival Augustine. And God bless her, if my mom was still alive today, I'd tell you, call Alice, because I put that woman through H-E double toothpicks. You know? One night I came up off the bench. I was lifting with a buddy of mine. I just got done bench, and I sat up, and I said, hey, Mike, I'd like to give something back to the church, but not to that old-timer down the street. Still there. He says, Tom, Mother Teresa of Calcutta just opened a soup kitchen in Norristown. So you ladies that got those little booklets on Mother, please read through them. Mother's words are so, so precise to the soul. Brings so much light. And she does it so simply, which I love about that. So the following week, Mike and I go up to the soup kitchen. I meet Sister John the Baptist, six foot two from Chicago, standing on a stoop. She looked like a life-size statue of the Blessed Virgin. And she had a copy book in her hand, and she looks down at me and says, What's your name? I said, Tom Sullivan. She says, good, every Saturday, 4 o'clock for the rest of your life, and wrote my name in her book. I looked at Mike Rooney. I said, dear God, Mike, we're back in detention all over again. Go into soup kitchen. Go right to the pots and pans. Next thing I know, this little Indian nun comes over to me and says, brother, come, come. Yes, sister. Takes me down a dark, a dark hallway. You know, kind of like that anticipation of seeing the candle lit. As it turns out, we go into chapel, and there before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, she says to me, every time you come to Soup Kitchen, every time you leave Soup Kitchen, you come here and thank God for the privilege of serving Him in the distressing disguise of the poor. I learned our Catholic faith, not by philosophy and theology. That would come later. I learned our Catholic faith by doing, by coming out of myself, by giving back. 
A handshake, a hug, a kind word, change of clothes, cleaning up after them, scrubbing a floor, whatever it took. And to recognize Christ in that individual, not looking at race, creed, or color, but truly trying to find Jesus in that person and allowing them to find Jesus in me. And that's tough. Because to do that, you have to look here. And we have our own little idiosyncrasies, we have our own little fears, and we have our own little prejudices that we have to conquer through the mercy and love of Almighty God. And by our willful participation in that. It just doesn't happen. We have to say, Lord, I abandon myself. Lord, I surrender myself. Lord, I trust in the darkness. And then do it all with the grace of joy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. After a little while of working with the sisters, I noticed about, you know, I was going there for about a month or so. And every time I showed up, the sister would hand me a sack of onions. I got a little, after about a month of that, I got a little perturbed, to be honest. I went up to the sister, I said, sister, have I offended you in any way? No, 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 uncle, you haven't offended us. Then what is it? Why is it every time I get the onions? This guy and his family, he don't get them. These girls right here, they don't get them. Over there, this fellow, just me. What have I done to you? And she smiled and laughed and said, we like to see American men cry. (laughs) It's a hard one to get over, I'll tell you that right now. Then they began to ask questions, like any good mom would do. What are you doing with yourself? Have you made a commitment to Jesus? Are you living the life he's called you to live, a life of holiness? Are you giving up the ways of the world or, you know, the, the evil things of the world, as Paul would say, the licentiousness, the, the debaucheries, the, 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 the orgies and things of that nature. You know, are you being faithful to this call to holiness that he is extending to you? So I decided, you know something, if I'm going to talk the talk, I have to walk the walk. As I expressed to the other folks this morning at Mass, I cowboyed up. I went down to confession. And I went into my church that I hadn't been in in 10 years, and I knelt down in a confessional, and I said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 10 years since my last confession. And who do you think's waiting for me? (laughs) Monsignor John J. Haight. I'm looking for the mercy of God, and I've got hate next door in the window. I confessed to Monsignor for a half hour. I told him everything. And at the end of the half hour, I said to him, Monsignor, that's it, no more. I heard this. I leaned on the screen and said, Monsignor Hate, are you okay? Then I heard 150 Hail Marys. Yeah, ooh, was right. I went out into the pew, not too happy about it, began to pray 150 Hail Marys, and what I recognized was this. That man didn't give me a penance. That priest put the rosary in my hand and therefore the gospel of Jesus Christ because the rosary is nothing more than the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Annunciation, the Visitation, the birth of our Lord, Christmas, the Presentation, the Finding in the Temple, the Passion, the Glorious, the Luminous, it's Jesus And the same time I'm praying those 150 Hail Marys, I realize that Our Lady is spiritually taking me to her son, saying, look, Jesus, he who was once dead has now come back to life. In other words, sanctifying grace has been refreshed in the soul, and he is able to go forward. And if you call him home tonight, 
he is able to enter into the gates of heaven. For without sanctifying grace, it's impossible. Therefore, no mortal sin. And if you do commit mortal sin, or if you have mortal sin on the soul, I beg you, come see me this week. Let me take care of that for you. Or go see Father. Let him take care of you for it. And just to give you a synopsis of the last year of my life, from someone who swore to God he would never step foot again in the Catholic Church or any other church, he allows me to offer Mass each day, to proclaim his word and to absolve. But in the last year, I have offered Mass with the Holy Father three times, in Philadelphia and twice in Rome. Right before Lent last year, he commissioned me to be a missionary of mercy, to go out into the world on, in his name, on his behalf, to free those who have done grievous sins that are reserved only to the Holy Father, to forgive them. And then to stand at Mother Teresa's canonization and to hear my friend be called a saint in the church. And I just heard the other day, and I read it in the Catholic Register, that Pope Francis has extended indefinitely this commission to be missionaries of mercy. Therefore, until he calls it in, I am able to go out anywhere in the world to say, what sins you have committed, I can loose in his name. And what would be a sin that would say you're excommunicated that would be reserved to the Holy Father? Say if you profane the most blessed sacrament, you received Jesus and you threw him on the ground and you cursed him. Or if you went and you punched the Holy Father or a priest. Or if you committed some sort of heinous crime that is only reserved to him. You try to take the life of a pope. I can absolve you. And that goes right into the message of divine mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is absolutely no sin almighty God will not forgive provided we ask him. And in the confessional, the greatest miracles take place because there is where the soul is rejuvenated. There is where it receives the grace of God's light and there it makes itself more presentable to receive him worthily, truly worthily, in holy communion. That's just a quick picture of what he's done with one who swore to God he would never step foot again in the church. And to add on top of all that, and I'll conclude with this, I have a brother who's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. 30 years Jimmy's there. And we are completely different in mentalities, I guess. Jimmy did everything by the book. I zigged and zagged all over the neighborhood. When Jimmy heard that I was going to become a priest, he kind of sat back and was quiet about it. My younger brother Steve calls Jimmy up and says, Jim, is it true Tommy's going to become a priest with the Fathers of Mercy? And Jimmy said, yes, yeah, Steve, stranger things have happened in the history of the church. <laughs> and my baby brother, and I love to call him my baby brother, you know, I said, my baby brother responded to my brother Jim, are you sure he's not going to join the witness protection program? <laughs> so there you have it. A bruised weed, a reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. But what he truly wants from each and every one of us, beginning today and for the rest of our lives, is to seek him in the light of the beatific vision, to light the candle of your heart to be inflamed with the love of God and the love of neighbor and to follow him wherever he may take you. Your mission begins this evening at 7 o'clock and each night the mission will, will run through congruently. 
Remember, from 6 until 6.45 each night, I'll be in the confessional, and then immediately following the conference. So please take time and make time to come and spend it with our Lord. And if anybody's interested in regards to Christmas presents or stuffing or stocking stuffers, there's a few things out on the table you may want to take a look at. May God bless you and keep you and thank you.